the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God made eternity for children. And Jesus told us plainly that if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were tied around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. So don't go tripping up the children of God in your walk in this world. Children are pure, I have learned, until adults get their hold on them and corrupt them. That is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today, Pastor Mike's message is entitled, Purity and Purpose in the New Life. We will bring you the first portion of this broadcast this week, and then we'll finish it up the next time we get together. And thank you so much for being here. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. We would love it if you'd be able to attend the worship service every Saturday at 11 o'clock. We'll have details on that at the close of our message here today. You can also watch it online every week at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Here's Pastor Mike. Let's bow our heads and pray and open our Bibles. Father God... As we are here this day, it's cold outside, it's warm in our hearts because we have been called to the warmth of the love of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ. May we never sacrifice one bit of your truth to live in this world. May we be in the world but not of the world. May we be fully committed to Jesus, Lord, with no closet stuff going on that is disrespectful to you. And Father, where we have sinned, we ask for grace. Where we have been solid, we ask for purity in the name of Jesus, our worthy Savior, in His name. Amen. Jesus, our Savior. I like saying that. Jesus, our Savior. Would you repeat that with me? Jesus, our Savior. We can say it more personally. Jesus, my Savior. Jesus, our Savior, exhorted us all that we must all become as little children or we will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So I want to be like a child. If Christ said that, I want to qualify. I want those conditions to be met in my life. Friends, there are certain qualities in a child that are Christian virtues, well worthy of holding on to for the rest of your life. Christ said we must become like children. God made eternity for children. And Jesus told us plainly that if anyone causes one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were tied around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. So don't go tripping up the children of God in your walk in this world. Children are pure, I have learned, until adults get their hold on them and corrupt them. Purity is that special treasure we receive as a child that we quickly lose when we grow up. Angela Carter in Nights at the Circus wrote this very profound sentence. She said, the child's laughter is pure until he first laughs at a clown. 
In other words, the funny stuff of life, the stuff we interact with, the clown business of adulthood, the mimicking of reality, the clown face, a child moves from purity to corruption so quickly. We have all laughed at clowns, haven't we? The child's laughter is pure until he first laughs at a clown. The Apostle Paul loved Timothy, his beloved adopted son in the faith. How many of you are familiar with Timothy in the New Testament? You can picture his story by pieces. We know from early church tradition he died a martyr's death. He died for Jesus Christ. He lived for Jesus Christ. He learned to be faithful because he was mentored by the Apostle Paul. The name Timothy comes from the Greek word teme, which means honor, and the word theos for God. You put it together, and Timothy's name means, in the Greek, honoring God. It'd be great to name your child Timothy because you are telling your child he is one who can honor God. Paul loved Timothy's purity and commitment to God, and he loved him as a spiritual son in the Lord. As we mature, as we get gray hair, now I'm looking here. I've noticed as I'm getting older, I've got more gray hair. Who's in the gray hair club around here? A few of you? And there are solutions to gray hair. Some of the solutions are you can dye it. I don't mean diet like for your food. You can dye it. We're picking a tub out of our house. I've got to renovate our bathroom. I was down in Tennessee renovating my son's bathroom. We got all that tile up. We were clipping it, cutting it, piecing it together, doing it ourselves, saving about $6,000. You know, fixing it up is a good thing. Do we have any fix-it-uppers around here in the church? A few fix-it-uppers? Now, I'm going to tell you why I'm a fix-it-upper. I like it because it gives me an excuse to buy tools. You know, I got this project, I go down to the store, well, I think I need this power tool here to do this future project. And my tool set is growing because I use the excuse of being a good fixer-upper. Now, I'm not a good fixer-upper, I just do it a little. But you can, in theory, save money if you don't spend too much money on tools. When I was with my son down in Tennessee, I want to be with my children so I can mentor them. I'm in the gray hair club, as some of you are. And as I grow older, I realize my time on earth is running out. You guys feel that a little bit? If you don't have a legacy in the life of your kids, your young adult children and others, you really don't have much you leave. And so making a difference is what my years are going to be about in ministry. And for me, I'm having to shift gears a little bit. When I first came to Reaching Hearts, it was more about, well, I'm a young guy. I'm going to preach. I've got this vision of what I want to do. For me now, it's more about, I want to see another generation take my place, rise to greatness in the cause of God, learn the message, out-preach, out-teach anything I've ever done in my life. I want them to stand on my shoulders because I stood on the shoulders of a godly mentor. Paul mentored Timothy. Paul loved Timothy's purity and commitment to God. He helped him grow in that. He loved him as a spiritual son in the Lord. If you don't have children, you can have spiritual children in the Lord. Paul was Timothy's mentor and he pointed him in Christ to a life of purity and purpose in the new life with Jesus Christ. No compromised mentoring, real mentoring from Paul. Friend, we live in a time when there are forces in both the world and in the church that would corrupt the youth of the church by seeding ideas and practices that would steal the treasure of Christian purity from the next generation the church. And I want you to know that I stand by faith in Jesus Christ against that trend. 
So Paul wrote to Timothy, his beloved son of the Lord, a youth and young adult leader who was a true leader in the church. 1 Timothy 4 verse 12, Paul wrote, Let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity. Now when we read something like that, we think, well, the adults are to be the good examples. Not here. He's saying, look, you're a young leader in the church. A great load has been placed upon your shoulders. You've been invested with godly qualities. You have been called at an early age to be an example for the old and the young. You don't have to wait to be old to give a good example as a Christian leader in the church. You don't have to be perfect to be pure. Some people say, well, you know, if I'm perfect, then I can be a good example. No. In your walk with God, as you're growing with God, in your purity commitment to Jesus, you can make a difference. You don't have to be mature to be pure. You just have to be pure, and you show it by how you live for Jesus. Righteous living matters. In the book of Daniel, the greatest of the prophets. Now, anybody here named Daniel? Daniel and Daniel. We have two Daniels here. The book of Daniel is my favorite book in the Old Testament. It's the greatest of the prophets. Daniel predicted material that reaches to the time of the end. Our generation is to understand the book of Daniel because we are to fulfill the prophecies of Daniel. And Daniel gave us a picture of a final generation that would be ready for the coming of Jesus. Take your Bibles. Let's turn to Daniel 12, verses 3 and 4. Everybody have that? And what does it say? And those who are wise shall what? What does the Bible say? Shall shine. I mean, wise people shine. Wise people can be seen to be brilliant in a dark world. They shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. They will be the children of Abraham that are so numerous that they fill the darkness of eternity with light forever and ever and ever. And then he goes on to say, but you, Daniel, shut up the words, seal the book until what time? What does it say in your Bible? Until the time of the end. And what happens at the time of the end? Many shall run to and fro and what shall increase? Knowledge shall increase. He's talking about the knowledge of Daniel. This wonderful book that will guide us into the second coming of Christ that will prepare us to be ready for the end. God's people at the time of the end, friend, will shine like the stars and they will turn a final generation of men and women to righteousness and because they are pure there will be a young adult generation that leads in authentic spiritual purity and they will shine and many will understand the truths of God's word. I don't know about you, but church can be a challenge at times. I want to be a part of the church that is alive and on the move to win men and women to Jesus Christ. Are you with me? I don't want to be a part of a boring church culture that just comes and practices religion, gets into the maintenance program. I want to be a part of a vital movement at the time of the end that engages the world for the coming of Christ. The book of Daniel predicts this. It predicts that God will have a pure people with clarity of thought and purpose at the time of the end who understand the prophecies. Friend, we are living at the time of the end. How many of you feel that? We are living at the time of the end. I mean, COVID-19 has transformed the atmosphere for religious freedom in the world. 
we find that there is this sense that churches can only go so far and no further that somehow the state must step in and govern the conscience. In China, you have to swear allegiance to the Communist Party or you can't even organize as a Christian body. I don't know how you do that. Communism is an atheistic, secular worldview. How can you swear allegiance to a Communist Party? I don't get it. Dear heart, we are living at the time of the end. We must seek Christian purity. In the book of Daniel, Jesus appears in Daniel 10, 5, Daniel 12, 6, and 7. He appears as the man in linen. Because Jesus in the book of Daniel is the pure one who becomes the basis for the purity of the final generation. Open your Bibles. Look at Daniel 10, verse 5. Daniel's by the river. The Hittical, he lifts up his eyes. He says, I lifted up my eyes and looked and behold a man. It sounds like Pilate, behold the man. And then he says he was clothed in linen whose loins were girded with the gold of Euphes. This is a picture of the pre-existent Christ. He is here called the man in linen. Daniel 12, 7. Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river. Christ is the potentate of time in the book of Daniel, the man in linen who stands over the river of people moving through time because he is the Lord of God's people. And those who follow Jesus at the time of the end, friend, will seek to be true just like the man in linen and the pure will understand God's word. That means we have to be pure in God's eyes to get it and be ready for the coming of the Lord. Daniel 12 verse 9, he says it again. He said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until what time? What does the Bible say? Until the time of the end. And look what happens in verse 10. Many shall purify themselves, make themselves white and be refined. All right, that means the generation is going to rise. It's going to get it right. They're going to commit themselves to Christian purity. But the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. So what makes someone wise? It's not a PhD. It's not an advanced knowledge of the Bible per se. It is a commitment to purity that opens the heart and the mind to the truths of God's word. And so the hermeneutic here is not how much you know. The hermeneutic is who you know and the impact of Christ in your life. Friend, if you want Jesus as your friend at the time of the end, you must seek purity in your life because the king who is the man in linen is our leader and king. That's what the book of Daniel is getting at. So Christ-centered, Christ-focused people will be pure. Proverbs 22.11 He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. I want Jesus as my friend. Are you in that club? You want Jesus as your friend? I want the king as my friend. I want to seek Christ in my life. I want the purity that is his to rub off on me. Jesus is the man in linen. We cannot as Christians be pure unless we get on our knees and commit our lives to Jesus every single day and we walk with the living Christ. That's the secret to Christian purity. The person who's pure is intrinsically the committed person. And Christian commitment means a full consecration to Jesus Christ. 
Friend, Christ will not have just part of you. He will not be the Lord of half your heart. He is either King of kings and Lord of lords over the entire person, or he is nothing. He is the all for none king. If he is not your king in every way, he's not your king at all. And that is why King Solomon, who blew it when he was older, he realized when he came to his senses in his old age that his early commitment to God, his early commitment to his Savior in his earliest years could be renewed. And he went back to that time when he remembered his Creator. He wrote there in Ecclesiastes, remember your Creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come. Solomon was so smart, he came to believe that he was smarter than God's word. He was the wisest man on earth. God gave him hyper-intelligence, maybe AI kind of intelligence. He could figure out anything. And yet he came to be so smart that he came to believe that somehow through his philosophy, his mathematics, his insight, that he was smarter than the clear revelations in the Bible. It took a hard turn in life to show him that the smartest person in the world, that was him, needs God in his life to be wise. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. Solomon wrote Proverbs 16, 2 and 3. He said, All the ways of man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the Spirit. Now here's what he says. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. You know, when we lay our plans before God, when we dream big for God, we should commit it to God for His glory. You know, we all run the risk of a little narcissism here and there. I'm actually studying Class B personality disorders. Why am I doing that? Well, I'm not a psychology fan, but I'm learning from it. I'm learning that people can be messed up for various reasons. And the church is full of them. I mean, I come to church. I remember when I came through the doors of the church, I was messed up. The Lord is still working on my messed up components. Any messed up people around here? Keep your hands down. Oh, a few of you confessed by raising your hand. I want every person with a class A, class B, or class C personality disorder in church. Opening the Word of God, growing, learning the love of God, being transformed by amazing grace. Amazing grace can take care of all these things. But I have found that when people have these disorders and they're in the church and they're a narcissist or they're borderline personality type or something like that, and they're not willing to lay it down at the cross, they can cause a lot of trouble in the church. Disunity in the church. They can push themselves in a way to adjust for the lack of self-esteem or the brokenness in their life. And friend, I can tell you confidently that when we come to church and we really understand the gospel, we don't have to worry about any of that because we are all fellow sinners at the foot of a cross and the blood that flows from Jesus down his feet down to the bottom flows on all our heads because we are the needy people at the bottom of the barrel. So it's easy to be corrupted in life by all kinds of things. It's easy to have issues in life. Things have happened to us all. And it's easy to lose one's way in life. Sometimes you can lose your way in life because someone tripped you up in life. 
If you go with the flow, friend, and the river of filth that is out there, it'll carry you to a sewer of corruption every time. The world has nothing to offer to change the life. The infidel Frederick Nietzsche in his book, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, I always have a hard time pronouncing that name. He got it right in how easy it is to pollute your life. He made this statement. One must be a sea to receive a polluted stream without becoming impure. How easy it is for the things out there to mess us up. Job is a book of wisdom in the Bible, and Job had some not-so-wise friends who failed to comfort him when he was suffering. And so we can ask the question that Eliphaz the Temanite mockingly asked of the righteous Job, when he was suffering because Job himself was a good and pure man. He didn't know that Job's life was in the fray of a cosmic controversy. He knew that God had said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him in all the earth. He didn't know that somehow God was on trial as Job lived out the fidelity of his life in a context in which Job didn't have the answers. Job confessed that he refused to set anything before his eyes that would take God out of his life and he walked in the way of purity to prove it. And yet his friend Eliphaz, who showed up to comfort him in his suffering, ended up mocking him for things he didn't do. He began to accuse Job of somehow being unrighteous. That's how he got in this mess. Eliphaz didn't know that Job was suffering because Job was a pure man in God's eyes. And the devil didn't like that purity. And because there's a controversy between good and evil in the universe, Job became a theater spectacle for the conflict that when God himself is on trial. And so a life as the team and I challenged Job in Job 4.17 with a question that was meant to indict this righteous sufferer. Look at the Bible, Job 4.17. He asked the question, can mortal man be righteous before God? Can a man be pure before his maker? Of course, a life as meant to imply you can't be pure. The Bible teaches that you can be pure. A life as is wrong. Friend, a believer who humbly walks before God relying on the power that is in Jesus Christ, ever conscious of his or her sinfulness, that humble, childlike believer can and will live a consistent, pure life with purpose in the new life that is found in Jesus Christ. The Bible is so clear about this. God has called us, the followers of Jesus, to purity. Matthew 5, verse 8, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, blessed are the what? What does the text say? Blessed are the pure in heart. And what's the outcome? For they shall see God. Purity becomes the condition of seeing God. Paul in Philippians 1 verse 10. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So what is Jesus looking for when he returns? He's looking for a blameless generation. It's pure. He's looking for the evidences of the gospel, the lives of men and women who are fit for the kingdom of God. There is a fruit to the gospel that we're looking at here. To be blameless is to be pure in this context. Friend, God will have a pure people when Jesus returns. I didn't say a perfect people. I said a pure people. Perfect is a relative kind of word. We'll be working on the perfect part for all eternity as we grow and grow and grow. But we can be a pure and committed people every day of our lives. And God takes care of the perfection business. He also takes care of the purity business when we are in a relationship with him. Now listen to what I'm saying here. An imperfect person 
can be pure and blameless when that weak man or woman relies on the righteousness of Jesus Christ as their force for change in the life. That's the basis of it all. I became a Christian when I read the book Steps to Christ. In fact, my father, I've mentioned this to many of you, I met him supernaturally. Really, supernaturally. I show up at a boarding school in Tennessee and boom, he's right there dying in the hospital connected to it. Hadn't known him since I was a child. My dad was a narcissist when I was younger. I didn't have any knowledge of that until he died. But he was broken. He came to the cross. He came to see his sin. He came to see the Savior. And he's one of those class B personality types that was changed by Jesus Christ. Amazing grace. I don't get tired of a song like that. Amazing grace. Because God's grace is amazing. The church is a place for people to change and grow and to come to Jesus Christ. My dad was broken and came to Christ. And he handed me a little book. I knew him for two months before he died. He handed me a little book as he was struggling with his vital symptoms, the book Steps to Christ. He said, please read this book. It's meant so much to me this year. And I read that book, and I'm telling you, it's one of the most amazing books ever written outside the Bible, How to Come to Jesus. It begins with a declaration of the love of God, how to deal with our sins honestly, how to come to acceptance and then grow without worrying about our acceptance, and to let Christ make a difference in our lives. Amazing book. And here's an excerpt from that book on page 52 that I'd like to share with you. She writes, None are so sinful that they cannot find strength purity and righteousness. And what does she say? In Jesus who died for them. Jesus is our answer. My dad learned that lesson. I have met self-made experts in the book of Daniel and Revelation with PhDs behind their name or evangelistic credentials who introduce their topic in material in scholarly circles with excerpts and slides from the latest rated R movie or the bad ones from the past, like the movie Omen. And I wonder, why do they want to mix the wonderful prophecies of Daniel with stuff like that to get people's attention? And I really don't know how they can present the pure things of God found in the prophetic word by using that stuff to illustrate it. The Matrix has nothing to teach me about the book of Revelation or God's word. It has nothing. The latest action hero movie or the latest Marvel comic book adaptation that is making billions of dollars has nothing to teach me and you about the deep and profound things of God that really matter in our lives. We don't find truth and wisdom in the sixth sea that leaves God out of the life and out of the movie also. God's word is pure. God's word calls us at the personal level to purity in our life. Why? For Jesus' sake and for ours too. It's for our good that we seek the path of purity. Psalms 12, 6. The promises of the Lord are promises. What does the Bible say? That are what? Pure. Well, thank you, Pastor Mike, and thank you for listening today to Reaching Your Heart. That will conclude the first portion of Purity and Purpose in the New Life. Remember, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland. 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. Reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. Reachinghearts.org 
slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.